Hey everybody, thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of the Life After GDPR podcast where we discuss data privacy and digital marketing. Today's episode is the last piece of content we'll be releasing from our day of recording at MeasureCamp Amsterdam. I got joined by Niels Reimer, Christoph Bogart and Glenn van der Linde to discuss building your own first-party data analytics stack. These guys are all on the agency side helping companies with advanced implementations and unique use cases. So it was a great group of people to discuss this topic with. Hopefully you enjoy the episode. If you'd rather watch it, it's also on our YouTube channel, including the video recordings. Talk to you next week. Okay, guys. So we're going to talk about building your own first-party analytics uh, stack. So the talk before this, I was here with um, uh, with Steen and Simon and uh, Petri, and we were talking about all the problems of Google Analytics 4 and how scary it is for companies right now, right? Because what are you going to do? And you don't know, like, will the new rulings be enough or not, right? So you're you're basically building in uncertainty. So another option for a company could be if of course, they have the resources to go away from the pre-built stack, whether it's Google Analytics or Adobe or whatever, and go the custom-built route. So I want to talk to you guys about that because I know, I know you guys, uh, you know, been, been dabbling with those kind of things. So let's do a quick round of introduction. Maybe Niels, you want to start out? Yeah, so Niels, I need to talk into it. Still, still. <laughs> yeah, I didn't listen to you. Working for the data story, uh, uh, building data stacks for, for different companies. One of the tools that we use there uh, uh, to some extent is, for example, Snowplow but also GA4. So that, that decision between building your own or using GA is yeah, something we encounter a lot. Christoph, one of the co-founders at Tasman, also a consultancy. We work a lot with the modern data stack, so a lot of snowplow, but also hosted uh, variants like segment, like GA4. So we see both sides uh, very much. I also used to work at snowplow before starting Tasman, so I have a bit of that uh, insider perspective there as well. Inside knowledge. Exactly. Glenn, co-founder of Human37, and basically we're a customer data strategy agency. We work on um, helping clients build a customer data strategy infrastructure, but also making sure that the data gets value through what we call experience delivery. So basically uh, GA4, mixed panel, router stack, amplitude, and a lot of CDPs and reverse ETL. So I think we have a lot of people on, on this table who have a lot of different types of clients with different use cases. And I think we've all, we all know that it's, it's, it, it depends question, right? Like what, what, what tool do you need? It depends, right? So let's get that out of the way. It depends. But let's say this client for them, it makes a lot of sense to go build your own first party analytics data stack. Where, where do you start? Like what, what is your first, what is your first question? What, what are you looking at? You're talking about they already made the decision to do so. They made the decision, right? So they figured out we're not, we're either too scared of Google Analytics being ruled illegal anyway in the future. So we're, you know, we're going to go either with Snowplow or totally build it yourself. Doesn't really matter, but let's, let's just assume they want to build their own stack because they know the data is really valuable to them and they don't want to risk putting it in some third parties control or bucket, right? So they made that decision. Now they have to actually go do it, right? So what's, what are the next steps? Now, multiple topics, so I'll bring up one, uh, get the resources. So which people are going to make available to, to set this whole thing up? And who are the people who are going to make the decisions on some of the architectural tool uh, uh, environment or environment uh, uh, cloud-based systems that you're going to use in this setup? Those are, would be one of my first things that I want to get tackled uh, before we progress somewhere. There is an extra decision that needs to be made, which is build your own versus do first party data collection and analytics, but 
still in a hosted or, or managed or open source pre-developed and deploy yourself uh, kind of weirdo. So there's various gradations there. Like typically fully building the end-to-end pipeline yourself. I think that is, in most cases, I think not recommended. It's a, maybe a fun hackathon project. Like you can you can get experience with the tools. You can you can test some some things, but you're also on the hook for the long-term support and maintenance of that. The middle ground is probably open source or some of the alternatives that exist, which are increasingly easy to deploy as well with containerization and so on. We have the benefit of the, the whole product end-to-end is developed, maintained by a broad community, so you don't have to do all the data engineering yourself. So it's more focused on the deployment side of things. And then a step beyond that is, is I'm paying one of those companies to run it for you, but they still deploy it in your own cloud. So you maintain that first party element. And then you're really back into the same type of work you would need to do with GA, which is focusing on what do I want to track and then what do I do with the data on the other end. So you have that spectrum still, which is all first party. So it's still, you have the benefit from a from privacy and, and a legal point of view, but the work is very different in each of those uh, cases. Yeah. So, and, and to make that specific, so Snowplow, for instance, offers this service, right? So you can get Snowplow to basically take care of your Snowplow installation for you. And then all you do is take that data, put it into Looker, Data Studio, whatever you want to throw on top of it, and you start unlocking that to your, right? So then in that case, your the resources, right? The point that news made is, of course, like if you don't have the right people, you know, then the rest will fail. It defines also the decision there. So if you don't have the data engineers in-house or not, or not the ambition to move in that direction, then, then the solution to go to something hosted or managed uh, uh, is, is there. That is where the decision is, for a large extent, in my opinion, defined. Do you have the ambition to do it yourself or maybe ambition or the need to do so and, and the resources to do so? I actually fully agree on that in the sense that today you see, and as an extent of that discussion, you see a lot of CDP versus reverse ETL, right? We're smiling, um, but everybody's thinking is the same thing. I don't necessarily agree. I think they're also built for, or they belong in companies where reverse ETL is engineering first, CDPs is like, I have no intent or no idea on how to build it. And if you're talking about, I'm going to build my own data collection for web or app with everything, then probably you're an engineering company. And you need a lot of people to maintain that, to build that, to figure out like how is unification going to work? How am I going to reverse ETL everything out of there, unify it in my data warehouse, merge it in order to get that customer 360 degree view that the CDP theoretically gives you out of the box. But there are two distinct things. And so when we're talking about like snowflow, uh, snowplow, sorry, I think we're mostly looking into what is the behavioral analytics SDK in that stack we're trying to replace or switch out for GA4. Because to that extent, you could also say like GA4 is the SDK for BigQuery. And then what are we trying to replace? Yeah, good point. So in, so in that case, we're not looking at Google Analytics 4 as a, um, as a graphical user interface. It's simply a way to transfer data into BigQuery. So the only, the only downside with that is that the company that you're using to process the data into BigQuery is still subject to all those GDPR issues, right? So you might want to try to figure that out another way. But I think recapping a little bit, like the, you need the resources to do anything, right? So even if you want to use Google Analytics 4, you need some resources, right? Probably a bit less, but you need somebody who can work with the tool and get some insights out. 
let's say a company does have budget available, right? They don't have the people yet, but they do have budget available. Do you think it's feasible for them to say, okay, we're gonna, we'll get a data engineer. We'll, we'll maybe even, we'll get two or three and we'll, and we'll stick a data analyst on top of that to, to make it work. Let's say a company comes to you and says, well, I have the budget for that. I just don't have the people. Do you think it's feasible? Feasible, yes. Wise. That's a different question. Because what's, what's the main issue in that case? Again, it comes down to if you, if you fully want to build and deploy it yourself. Yes, you can do that, but you're spending all that effort to recreate something that you can achieve in a different way. So if you have the budget, well, if you're going to spend half the budget or 70% of the budget on data engineers, great, it's going to take you a whole bunch of time and effort and money at the end of the day to get to that same point as maybe you could get quicker in a different in a different way, even keeping with first party analytics. And then the question is, well, if it's going to take, if we, if we have the budget, why not spend it on what we're going to do with the data and ultimately deliver the business? business? I think it's easy to be distracted by the fun of, of, of playing with all the new tools and like there's the modern data stack, there's all these exciting open source projects. And I, I love all that. I'm, I'm absolutely into, into that. But at the end of the day, there's a cost side of data as well. There's limited resources, especially maybe if we're going down in a recession and so on, like budgets are being maybe cut. So given that, I think we have to be smart and disciplined with where we spend our limited resources. And I think it should be focused on how do we get to that value as efficiently as possible as well. Yeah. So turning the data into action. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So the last part of the, so basically we have to work backwards, right? We have to figure out what, what do we want to achieve? and then figure out what do we need to achieve that. And so it's also simple. I thought I invite you guys for the, for the, for the hard stuff. Let's say we, we take the approach of working with what's out there, right? Like you mentioned, like there's a lot of open source stuff you can work with, or there's a lot of, uh, let's call them building blocks you can build up, right? But staying away from any third party, right? So no, your data will not end up uh, at Google, maybe in Google Cloud, but not, you know, in Google Analytics. What will be... What would be a stack, what would be something that you think is really feasible and you see being rolled out right now at companies that makes a lot of sense? There's different components in the, in, in, in the stack. So like you can go with, with, with a segment or rather stack, which are CDPs, they're, they're fully integrated, they do a bit of everything, but they are not, not fully first party, like you're still sending data to third party and you get it, get it back. So legally, it's a bit of a different situation, GA's in that, that boat somewhat. For some elements in the stack, it's really easy to, to run and deploy things open source. Like it's a, it's a no-brainer. DBT, for example, with, for transfer, SQL transformations, it is open source, so you can self-host, but it's, it's like the easiest possible thing to set up and, and, and run. Like it's not, it's not something you need to be worried about if it's going to um, cause a lot of ongoing maintenance and so on. It's, it's the lowest type of effort. You have then increasingly a few other elements in the stack, I think, which are getting close to that point of ease of use and easy ease of deployment. Maybe Airbyte, for example, I don't know if you've come across that, but that's in terms of just extracting data out of like Google ads and Facebook ads and loading it into your data warehouse. That's also become really easy to set up and, and run. Like you need to spend minimal engineering efforts to run it. With something like Snowplow, I think it's getting there in terms of the open source setup. Also looking at the roadmap, what they've planned. It's not quite there yet. That's the thing where, uh, as, as you said, like if it's, if it's going to break on Saturday at 4 a.m., who's going to be on the hook to, to fix that? That's the problem. And if that stuff breaks, like you'll have data loss. Like, like, 
why is there a gap o- over the weekend? Well, it broke and no one was around to, to fix it. Even worse, if it's not only being used for analysis, but also for like real-time activation, right? Like, like a newsletter. Your marketing budget is gone, basically. Yeah, and if, if you go back to the question of how does that, what does that stack look like? And there, you have these components, right? You have your analytics in general. So Snowplow has been mentioned here as an open source solution there. There are a couple of more. You have your data extraction indeed. So an Airbyte uh, is a good example of that. You have data transformation with DBT. My knowledge regarding data, how do you call that? Governance, management on open source is a bit limited. I'm not sure whether, because that's also an important part there. Yeah, so, and then you have that, the most important steps covered. I think the the way I would look at it in general is like there's a whole, the whole data collection section, like could be WebSDKs, AppSDKs, or like uh, ETL, like uh, Five Channel, that stuff, getting it out and getting it into a central place. Then there's unification. Then there's your actual warehousing where you have like all of the different ways you visualize it with your visualizer on top. And in that unification, there's also somewhere your customer 360 degree view. And then you have the whole reverse ETL thing to get it out and yeah, back into the system. And on top of that unification engine, you also need some sort of like a, an audience builder to have like non-technical people figure out like, okay, all the people who subscribe to my newsletter and then never bought in the last two months, let's do something with that and just ship it as, as a flag and attribute whatever to all your downstreams through reverse ETL solutions or whatever you want to call it, or CDPs as destinations. And that's the way I think today the modern data stack kind of looks like in compositions or components. And then it becomes a question of like, do I buy everything in one cycle? Or do I have already as a scale up or whatever, like half of it, and I just need a couple of extra pieces that I need to get it there. And then I guess that's where the whole point comes in. Like, am I using, in this case, GA4 as an SDK to get it there? Or am I using something else? And then at least the conversation is a bit more narrowed on what are we trying to solve? Because usually if you're in, in that conversation, it means you're an engineering company because you figured out like, okay, this is what we're building and we have like five out of five out of X pieces already and we just need these and these pieces and then we can build it. But again, it's resources. It comes down to like how flexible will that system be? You're actually developing a product. Yeah. And maintenance of it. Yeah. Once it's built, then you yeah, have to keep it alive. Yeah. Um, I think this all also ties into the topic of, of data privacy because I think we can agree that we, you know, we will probably have to do something with it, right? Um, whether we like it or not. Um, and with all those separate tools, it's really hard to actually be compliant, like to build a system where let's say somebody pings you and says, I want my data, good luck, you know, getting it out of all your separate systems. I do think that like, the, let's call it the snowplow approach where you, you know, you're going to have to invest a little bit more in setting it up and figuring it out. It, it's also a nice opportunity for you to configure it in a way uh, and have like certain flags with every, every data type, right? You can have a flag with like, for, from a GDPR perspective, like this is category one, two, three, you know, and three is the most sensitive, I don't know, Some, something like this. It does open up the door for a lot of those opportunities. This is also something you see. Uh, happening already or is it is it mostly out of other reasons that people are moving towards those kind of stacks i would say it's mostly out of other reasons i don't think the legal drive is really like what's pushing people to to that uh, maybe more unbundled approach of the data stack um self-hosted i do think i'm not sure whether that's legal but i mean the fact that we are now all pushed towards either ga4 or something else. I do notice more companies looking at their stack again now, sort of 
this is the moment where yeah, you yeah, reconsider it. You have to consider change or you have to change anyways, or your history is screwed anyway. So this is the moment to make a decision. So I challenge every company we work with, like, all right, if you ever want to reconsider now and not next year, now. And then the discussion about privacy does come up, of course, quite a lot, especially because there's so much unclear about how this is developing. And you could say that if you choose for GA4 right now, you have to accept that you'll be part of this, call it the war between legislation and Google, which is sort of going back and forth all the time. Google making a change, not a lawsuit. Google making not a change. It's mostly uncertainty that's been been, been driving that instead of the uh, specific reason. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, I think it's never finished, right? What we're seeing a lot is like, even though the stack might be like, we're in progress of building one or it's completed. Now for us, a lot of questions that we get is like preference centers and like, how do they integrate with that? Because oh, we have an ESP and it used to be stored there because it was only marketing automation, but now we have an app, a website and some other interface and we need to centrally access it. And how is that going to then relate to everything? Because now we have this customer 360 view and we're funneling everything out from there, but the preferences are not mapped. So I could have an ESP where the preference is not synced. And so we're still sending out that email. And so it becomes a very technical question very quickly, even though it's linked to the data stack, how it's evolving, how legislation is forcing companies to rethink how to engage, et cetera. So I recorded a podcast with uh, Aurelie, so she's, you know, she doesn't, yeah, she doesn't look at it from the uh, technological point of view, but more from the DPO point of view. And she mentioned like one of like her, her dream would be if companies create like an open standard about how data integrates on the back end. Like if company A gets a request that they can send a signal to all the other tools that you work with, right? And that they also know what to do with that request and handle it somehow. We're far away from that right now. But I think I think I do agree that if it, we don't want monoliths, right? We don't want everything under one company. So in the end, we're going to have separate tools. So we're going to have to build some form of integration. Otherwise, we cannot comply anyway right because it yeah it will we could hire a lot of people to do it manually but then you know that, that would still not you know would still probably probably not be uh enough um that's a yeah it's a hard problem to solve because on we started out with building you know all this cool stuff and a lot of complexity but it gives a lot of options i think you know like for, for companies that have the ability to build it and to use it is really interesting to build this advanced marketing technology stack but with every added component, you're also adding a little bit of risk on top from a GDPR perspective. What, what are your thoughts on, on that? I think the question first of all applies also to technology itself. Right. The more you stack together, the more risk of things breaking. Everything you will add will break, first of all. Um, from a GDPR, GDPR perspective as well, uh, to some extent, it's something you need to really, in any case, monitor. I'm not sure whether building your own first party data stack or what you want to call it um, will solve any of that. It's a a, yeah. uh, a problem you'll encounter anyway and, and across everything. Um, um, multiple examples of that uh, websites with which somehow add a, an email as a parameter in the URL, which is automatically sent to to any tracker you'll use independent of the tracker. So. I think privacy and GDPR is a separate topic uh, of this, well, to some extent, separate to this topic. Um, 
the only difference being uh, if you do it in a first party solution, then at least the data you send it or the, the, the location you send it to is quote unquote yours versus who can access it as well, black boxy-ish. So yeah, I think, I think there's one, there's one uh, issue with that. I would say like from a legal point of view, we, you know, everybody is like, uh, currently the, the issue is, you know, you, you're sending your data to a US based company and that's scary because the NSA can snoop in or something like that. Right. But if we're honest, probably the data store that Google's probably better safeguarded than when we do it ourselves. Right. Cause how many people, if you build your own solution, how many, how many security people are going to be there and taking care of that versus, you know, I think probably Google and Amazon and, and, and Microsoft are doing a good job on that. Um, you know, this is an assumption, but it feels like, uh, you know, you're taking it away from those big players, but by that, that actually means that you should add a security budget to your data budget as well, maybe. Well, there's two separate components, which is it, it's, it's typically still cloud based, even if it's in your own environment, just to have the benefits is maybe hosted within the EU. So it makes it a bit, bit easier there. But then yes, if you have your own BigQuery instance or your own Snowflake, then that needs to be properly secured as, as well and access policies and so on still matter, which is not that easy to properly set up. Most companies or give everyone admin access and it's like, it's going to be fine. Oh, right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, person leaving, making sure their access gets revoked and, and it companies fall down all the time in, in, in those areas as, as well. So maybe, yeah, absolutely. Maybe it is less secure if you look at it, taking a step, step back. So it's maybe, yeah, once, once you, once you peel off that first layer, uh, it seems better until you are in reality of an actual, actual company. Yeah, we all know, like like you said, person, you know, the admin leaves the company five years later, still have access with their with their personal Gmail that they once added, you know, those kind of things. And it's, that's just how life happens, you know, like, but, but it's something to take into account. Cool. I want to also ask you guys uh, something about MeasureCamp. So MeasureCamp, how many for you guys is this? MeasureCamp Amsterdam or just in general? I think, Glenn, you're, you're a first-timer, right? Um, first-timer in Amsterdam. The, this is my third, I think, but the first two were virtual. And I prefer this a million times. No COVID then there. And for you guys? The third, fourth Measure Camp Amsterdam. And overall, I don't know, between 10 and 15, I think. I think I think it's my fourth in Amsterdam. I was about to pick up the, the, the fifth anniversary shirt today. Last time uh, someone decided that it was my bachelor party. I didn't know. So I couldn't make it. So it's uh, my fourth year and I think London twice. So I think six, but and we, have, we have a clear winner. If we have people watching this later or reviewing this or right now, what's the reason they should come to MeasureCamp next time? Like what's the, what's the main reason why you think you're here on a Saturday? Oh, for me, it's the people. Uh, it's the informal conversations on the, on, on the side, which I enjoy the most. The talks are good and the sessions are, are good. It's definitely interesting ones, but it's mostly, mostly the people you get to meet, especially if you come over and over again. I think I, I'm always surprised with how small basically our world of Atlas is. Everybody knows each other. And if you don't know another person, you'll know them in five minutes. And everybody is willing to share. So there is no, oh, that secret, no. Everybody is willing to share with competitors. Uh, I mean, basically we are here for competitors at a table if we're looking at it formally. And everybody is open sharing and that's how it should be. Um, and that's really what I like. So you learn a lot. Uh, about the field, about what is going on, and meet a lot of interesting people. Yeah, I think it's from the outside view, it sound like it's a very technical conference for geeks, but actually there's a lot of business people too, and you learn like what different types of companies are struggling with, startups, scale-ups, 
very big companies on how how to centralize or decentralize teams. Uh, it's super cool to see like what's going on in areas where you might not be very specialized in. So it gives a good overview of the industry. And in, in general, people are super open to share. Like you said, like uh, if you're an agency, it doesn't really matter. It's just like, hey, what are you doing and what are you specialized in, what do you enjoy? And it's good talks. It's also interesting to see how the conversations have shifted. My first measure camp was, I think, in 2015 in, in, in London. And the conversations were very different back then. Like data warehousing was a new concept. Most, most people attending was like, well, why would you do that? Um, and that's like, it's not even a question any, anymore. Like the, the whole industry has, has moved on and, and new topics have, have come up. If you look at the sessions that have been run today, I think it, everyone has, has come such a long way. And it's, it's interesting to see that evolution over time as well, if you've come, because it's, it's like you said, it's a small, sm- small crowd that like you see how the industry as a whole is, is evolving because you can, you can follow progress year by year. Yeah, that's definitely fun to see. I'm almost thinking back a bit and that's like this year, it's really a lot about GDPR and Google Analytics and Scary, right? You look back over the years, like a couple of years ago, we were, there's such a big change to the industry. GDPR is coming. That was a big one. Yeah, GDPR is coming, sure. Now, now it's actually coming. Oh no.